You know, my wife has been acting really weird lately. She's been cooking good. The kids are dressed. They're clean. She looks terrific. She's been singing around the house. Singing around the house. Went to the bathroom yesterday morning. There's a fresh tube of shaving cream sitting there. I had run out the day before. I hadn't said anything about it. Any idea who the guy is? What guy? Guy. I didn't say anything about any guy. I mean, I didn't mean to, you know, to jump, you know, imply that there was a guy. You understand? I mean, yeah, no, I know I that. I just thought maybe I was just passing on some general information. You know, I I wasn't talking about any guy. I was just making a, some hypothetical statements. You know what I'm saying? Uh, conjecture. You got any idea who the guy could be? I think I know who the guy is. There's this landscape gardener that works down the block. He's got these two big dogs. Yeah. Wait, for about four months now, every time I go in the backyard, there's a new plant back there. Plus the fact that there's crap all over the yard and big holes with bones in it everywhere. You know what I'm saying? What do you think we, uh, what do you think we do? I'm gonna catch him in the act and I'm gonna blow their goddamn heads off. I mean, that's, uh, it's a little drastic, isn't it? Yeah, but they're crapping up my whole lawn. I mean, your wife, man. <laughs> You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on site. Hello and welcome to They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 302. And I am your host, Lee. Not fit to guard the fish at the aquarium, Russell. And I am joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, the lovely Lee. Apologize to my lip hearty. How you doing, ma'am? Oh, my jeez. <laughs> I was trying to figure out which line you would use from the movie for a name. There's a lot of racist ones that I didn't want to use, and a lot of homophobic ones that I didn't want to use. Yeah, there were, yep, yep. <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> just play it safe. You should just yeah. say about Ford. I don't know how many times Ford was mentioned in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like maybe they were a sponsor or something, you know. My Ford, this Ford, that's a Ford. <laughs> my Ford can't do what my Porsche can, yeah. Um, uh, I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, this is technically our Christmas episode, although this is probably the least Christmassy movie we could possibly do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, but uh, we are doing uh, Freebie and the Bean, uh, as we tend to do, we pick a... A uh, person from the cast of the movie that we've just done, and then we look through their filmography and pick a movie from that filmography and do that. So I picked Janice Carmen from Switchblade Sisters last time, 
And uh, now we're here, and we're doing Freebie and the Bean. And, um, yeah, it's a buddy cop movie. Some say the first, like, real buddy cop movie, like the one that kind of every buddy cop movie you can think of these days kind of gets its DNA from. So, you know, we'll talk about that, see if you agree or not when we get into it. But, um, yeah, someone was supposed to be here with us, uh, one Gary Hill of Cinema Beef, and uh, he's just been having the roughest time. He, has, he hasn't been having a good few months, so uh, he kept having to drop out, and he had to drop out again last minute tonight. But he was nice enough to send in a little message to us, so I'm going to read that right now. And he says, hey there, happy holidays to all you Cretans out there. I was supposed to be here, but had to cancel again. They're going to boot me. No severance package. Just a beating by Bud Spencer's ghost. Fair trade. <laughs> uh, Freebie and the Bean is a wonderful, racist, and brutal mess of a film. The chemistry is great, and the stunts are irresponsible. Could not be made that way today. Glad I watched it. Alan Arkin may be the second best Jew turned Hispanic ever captured to film right behind Eli Wallach. Uh, <laughs> no attempt at an accent as well as at all. Um, I guess he was uh, uh, playing neurotic Hispanic. I don't know. Have a great show and much love. Well, thank you, Gary. Uh, much love back to you, sir. And uh, yeah, um, there, there. Yeah, not only is it uh, just you know racist remarks and sexist remarks and homophobic remarks in this film. There's brown face as well, <laughs> because Alan Arkin is not Hispanic by any uh, degree. Uh, he is a Jewish man, but he's apparently playing a Mexican in this film. Also, his his wife Valerie Valerie Harper is like not Latina at all, but. Uh, She's much more convincing, though I would say than than Alan Arkin is. But uh, huh. we will we will get into. Doesn't she sound a little more Italian than Hispanic? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> within that more Latina, Lat Latino, Cubano, maybe kind of area maybe. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I, okay. <laughs> yeah, if you I, say so. <laughs> I'm tr I'm trying to be really generous too. I guess maybe maybe more generous than I should be. But um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about freebie and the bean here uh, in a little bit. But first, we can get to what we've watched in the last little while. So uh, I'll throw over to you first, Lady Lee. Um. Okay. So I did. I was unfortunately sick for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. There was a bug going around at work that like took everybody out. Luckily enough, I got it when I wasn't working, so I didn't have to take a t any time off work, mm -hmm. but uh, it kicked my butt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was watching movies. Um, a couple that I want to mention. Sorry, I'm getting my list out so I don't forget. Mm -hmm. I had it up and then I just closed it because I'm really bad at that. <laughs> okay, so uh, I watched my first... Hallmark movie that was made in North Bay. Oh, okay. I think it was made in North Bay. I don't know. They all look the same. Yeah. Uh, it was called Right Before Christmas. Alright. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why I bother. I know I'm not gonna like these movies. And I did it because I was like, well, maybe I'll recognize them in North Bay if this is a North Bay one. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I did, but it could also just be that they set everything up the same way, that it's any fucking place that looks like that 
It's probably it's probably Hallmark Street USA is is kind of what the look they go for. Yeah, and from all the movies that I've seen done in North Bay, they all have the same decoration. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I honestly like I don't know. Anyways, watched it just for the sake of watching it. Um, it was awful. So is, is the plot? It's basically the same as all the other ones. We got Christmas. We got Christmas coming up. An urbane young woman or urbane young man was, comes to oh, a small this town. Was, this was different. This oh. was like girl in her town who was like so like hopeless, romantic, and in love, and wants to like. She's been dating her boyfriend for like three months, and she already has like the holiday Christmas cards that she like pays extra to have them fast delivered. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, boyfriend to... breaks up with her, and then yeah, she's like. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to go on this thing and send people Christmas cards of people that meant something to me. And that somehow changes, like, the life course of all these people's lives. And oh, really? It was, yeah. It's, um, it's really dumb. It's really yeah. Dumb. It's just dumb. Like, every time I watch these movies, there's always this, like, climax that's supposed to hit where there's, like, supposed to be chaos that's supposed to start. There's no chaos. No. There's none. There's, there's no chaos whatsoever. Oh my god, my my headset is echoing again. I'm gonna have to figure out this problem. But anyways, um, it's just a bunch just, of white people getting slightly inconvenienced. Yeah, like the guy takes, goes to a skating rink and is taking pictures of this girl because they go on a date and she's like, oh, you could do my headshots for me then. So he takes her to the skating rink and she gets headshots done. Where her playing hockey and she's being all flirty and the girl comes in and she's like. Oh no, he's with another girl, but doesn't really get the chance to explain. And then he, or sorry, her ex walks into the store and talks to her, and as she's leaving, the new boyfriend walks in, and he's like, oh, don't bother. And then all of a sudden, at the end, they meet up at the concert, and they're like, oh, this is what happened, miscommunication, ha ha ha, and then they fall madly in love. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. I don't know why I do this myself. I don't know why. I literally was just curious because I've seen so many of them film in front of my fucking apartment where I've had issues of people being like, oh, you can't come down the street. We're filming. I'm like, oh, I live right there. I have to come down the street. <laughs> you can't yeah. stop me from getting my fucking apartment. Yeah. I'm not mean about it, but. But, I mean, that would be that would be funny if you added a little bit of Ghost Beaver kick into their fucking movie. That add a little excitement, you know. Great. They're like trying to stop me as I'm like walk I even took a path where I would avoid the, the recording. Yeah. I'm recording down here. I'm like, cool, I live down here. <laughs> How, There's tons of fucking apartments. So here's my question, because this is yeah. something you've talked to me about sort of off off the air, um, about your hometown. Where there's a very like over the last few years there's been an, an increased homelessness problem. Partly due to like basically like some of the bigger towns and cities in, in the province kind of basically bussing homeless people to smaller towns to mm-hmm. put them put them out of sight and out of mind. How how did those productions in the town like how do they deal with like the homeless? Because you tell me about yeah because you you tell me that you you tend to like run into people all the time oh, yeah. now. Yeah, but if there's too much of that going on, they have security and they have a bunch of people so. Yeah. Uh, the homeless people are deterred from staying in those areas or being in those areas because they're being basically pushed out. So, Gross. like, anytime Gross. there's any sort of like event going on in general, 
mm-hmm. uh, that's what happens. Like, they have setups and stuff, so, like, there's always security around, and they're the ones chewing homeless away. Which, half is nice, because then I get to walk home safely. It's gross. If I, if I was doing, like, one of those productions, and those, they, they make tons of money. Like, those fucking shitty-ass movies. They make tons of money. Fucking... I'd just like, you know, whatever shelters or whatever you got going on in North Bay or maybe even just set up like a temporary one or something. It's like, hey, homeless people, you can come and eat here for a week and sleep here for a week. We had, oh my God, we had a movie being recorded here where it was about homelessness and building houses and stuff. (laughs) I was like, is this insanely ironic? Like, I feel like it's the most ironic fucking thing that we're recording here. God damn. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's, uh, who cares? They just, people like to scream at homeless people. They don't want to solve the problem. No. They just want to put, like, well, like I said, the big cities putting them in your town, like, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And we get them and we're like, oh, well, let the people of the town help them instead of let's figure out a solution. Mm -hmm. Because all the stuff that, all the programs and everything are just, like, voluntary run, or voluntary, voluntary volunteer right yeah and even the food banks and stuff it's not government no it's all like locally run just saying Um, that's why we that's why we need socialism just saying oh don't get me started (laughs) (laughs) like uh anyways uh movies we're talking about movies yes yes garbage movie terrible movie uh i saw what's his face Michael Murray, I saw him while he was recording downtown. He was mm-hmm. in uh, the fancy vehicle, like the massive SUV that you don't really need, that was gas guzzling. So he like oh, was in between takes because it was so fucking cold outside. Like everybody else, the extras are totally fine with no extra heat and no way of staying warm. But mm-hmm. the main actor got to keep him in a gas guzzling fucking SUV right in front of my goddamn apartment. And talk 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 about talk about having a big head and like thinking you're a bigger star than you are. You're starring in a Hallmark movie, bro. Like you ain't you ain't Arnold Schwarzenegger. You you know. Not just, not I'm, not that I'm cool if Arnold Schwarzenegger driving around in a big fucking tank either. But you know, at least his stature matches. There's been some cool stuff that's been filmed in North Bay, so I can't complain. It's just, I just get so tired of the Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah, they're so crap. They, they they need titties in them. They need titties and murder. Like, <laughs> like honestly, when you look at it, if you if you check, like, the credits, a ma- I, I, well, maybe not a majority, but a very good portion of the people who do those movies over and over again are people who have a long history in doing, like, horror and exploitation films full of titties and violence and blood and guts and shit like that. And then they... Go, then they got go off and do like twenty of these fucking movies. I need the money. Yeah. Let's make a stupid romantic comedy. Romantic Christmas, supposed to be comedy, but it's actually how, dumb. How dead inside do you have to be to be like, oh, I'm a I'm a director who made a bunch of horror classics in the you know B movie horror classics in the 1980s that everyone loves and talks about, and now I'm gonna sit here and do a cutesy comedy about two boring white people who who take an entire movie to realize they're in love and then they fall in love or there's a miscommunication and then they fall in love like goddamn the money the money must be good because i would i don't know what bugs me the most i think with all of this it's because 
it's I understand they need Main Street. I understand all that. Mm-hmm. But there's never any consideration for the people who live on Main Street. Because yeah. I remember I was like moving into the apartment, like this apartment, and I was getting furniture uh, delivered. Mm-hmm. Did I pick it up? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I was at, had to get at Cody's place because I wasn't going to be home. So I like loaded into my car and then I go down to drive down Main Street and I'm like, I can't park in front of my apartment. I have to park a block away. Mm. To get, I can't even park, like, there's a parking lot. There's two parking lots. I can't even use those parking lots because those are blocked off, too. They're, like, closer to my place because they're using those. And I'm like, which, so fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. There's nothing. I can't even talk to anybody. Be like, hey, can you at least give me a hand getting my fucking furniture for my car to my apartment? Yeah, could you could, climb up two sets of stairs? Could you get mind, two of those, could you get two, two of those big burly security goons that are beating up homeless people for two seconds and maybe help me with my couch, you know, like. It's the same with groceries, because sometimes, like, I'll do grocery runs, and mm-hmm. I'll do them, like, after my shift, I'll do them later on, because I know I have to park on Main Street when I have more stuff, and parking on Main Street's, like, chaotic during the day, so I usually go a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And I'll start driving down, and they, they, they don't even have the cameras up or anything. They just block up all the parking, so you can't even use it for, like, 48 hours beforehand and like are you fucking kidding me like come yell at me like i'll park here come yell at me about taking my groceries up the fucking stairs like so i I don't have to walk a block from my parking spot to here but anyway you know know what you know what lee you're right your life has too many problems that your busybody urbane city ways are too chaotic you need to you need to decompress in a much smaller town where you can find a nice, young, naive, but incredibly hot chicken farmer who's doing a, who's putting on a play for the local kids this Christmas and have some miscommunications and Talking some... about the values of family. Yes, and some hijinks and a little bit of Christianity thrown in. And then, yeah, yeah, anyway, no. This yeah, is just my frustration. I just, I, it really bugs me that it takes me longer to get my groceries home and there's never any consideration for us they never actually say like hey what can we do to make it better it's more like hey guys just so you know we're gonna be mildly inconvenience you for the next like fucking forever oh but haven't haven't you reaped in the benefits that they've paid the town for using the the the, the space and the time I no <laughs> i love ryan that pause has ryan has because yeah pay him because they're taking away business from him. Right. It's like we had the front patio in the summer and we have to take down the front patio. So yes, I have not. <laughs> I don't get any of this. It's just it's just very frustrating. It's just one of those things where I like have all my groceries and I'm like, oh perfect, I'll just park in front of the house because I did a huge ton of groceries. And I look and they're already putting pylons up and I'm like, can you please like just let us, let us just let me drive, let me drive up. And then like you start driving up and start and I'm like, <laughs> Apartment leaving. I live. I park across the street. I park next block over. I'm literally dropping off my groceries. Like, let me do my groceries. Let me just fucking drop off my groceries. Next, next movie. Move up. Next movie. All right. Um, I watched uh, How to Drink How How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the one with Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I think that one's like perfectly hilarious. And uh, oh god, there's some parts that are really cheesy that I don't like. I just it they make me cringe. There's cringe moments in this movie, mm-hmm. but I really like Jim Carrey in this movie, and I think it's hilarious because I was reading that he absolutely hated this part. Like he, 
like almost drove himself into madness doing this part? Uh, I think he probably did. Honestly, I could totally see though, because of how he acted and what he had to wear. Mm -hmm. I could totally see like that taking over, like trying to himself in that mentality. That looks like a very uncomfortable fucking costume to wear. And the hours of makeup, so like yeah. how long you have to be in makeup before you can start. Like I'm pretty sure by the end of it, he just dreaded it. Like it was just this thing of forcing himself to wake up in the morning to go do makeup. Yeah. Um, I also watched. <laughs> I watched Armageddon for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling you about this, and I forgot to talk about it. Yeah, I was telling. I was telling you about how the Ben Affleck commentary snippets it's are fun. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's such a bad movie. Yeah. It's, the last half of the movie is just whatever inconvenience can happen is happening. There's there's all this tension that won't stop. And it's the dumbest... It, it's literally like, let's take every problem that can happen and make it 30,000 times worse. Like, mm-hmm. the guy who just randomly starts shooting... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even understand why. Like, I understand he's suicidal, which, fine. And then he's like, hey, guys, let me go down. I'd be fine. I'll die. I don't care. And they're like, no, no, we got to bring you back. Why aren't you letting him go down? The guy was, like, ready to die anyway. Yeah, just let him go. Let him go, no, bro. let's make this heroic moment. Oh. And then the, in the beginning... The the dad all of a sudden cares about his daughter because the daughter's getting married, but it piece of shit whole life. And at the end, she's like, "Oh, I love you, dad." But I understand like it's a sad moment. They're actually mm-hmm. bond, so I get that was a, that was kind of the thing. But they made it seem like okay, cool, rectify everything. Like years and years of like absence and never there and never anything. Let's just oh yeah, she's totally daddy's girl now. Oh yeah. But yeah, um, stupid fucking dumb. Um. <laughs> And then I watched, uh, okay, so I watched another cheesy Hall- uh, Halloween Christmas movie. I watched Godmothered. Okay. Um, I watched this one because it had uh, Isla Fisher in it, and I'm just kind of obsessed with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think she's so hot. Like, she's mm-hmm. just so hot. Um, <laughs> the one thing that bugged me about this movie, why can't they just let her have her accent? Like why do they have to? Why does she have to be American? Like just just let her be. Just let her have her accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I love her. I she has a great American accent. I just it just bugs we've, me. We've we've had the same conversation with uh, what's her face from Hereditary. Um. Yeah, and it's the same with um. Oh my God, what's her face? Um, why am I blinking? Uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because she does a bunch of stuff, and a lot of it, she could just have her accent. Like, even if she's a mm-hmm. Barbie movie with an accent, it wouldn't bother me. I get the whole all-American girl, but, like, it's also, like, a mythical world, so who cares? I, I'd be I'd be cool with fucking Harley Quinn having her accent, you know, instead mm-hmm. of that fucking squeaky Bronx accent or where the fuck it's supposed to be. The, the, the first movie she did where she kept losing her, like, Boston accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I drove me crazy. I liked her, but that accent that kept going... Yeah. Um, and then I watched A Muppet Family Christmas with You. Yes, which was fun. So we'd seen... We're making this sort of a tradition now where we watch Muppet Christmas Carol every year. Um, but this time I forced you to watch a different Muppet Christmas movie. You did, which and which I enjoyed as well. We've been... I, I was a little like, I was I was a little bit more like mid with Treasure Island, 
I think that's the only one. All the other Muppet movies we've done together, I've loved. So, well, it just it just didn't it just didn't match up Stop to it. the other ones you said showed me. What? <laughs> Calm down. Um, okay, my last one. This will mm-hmm. be my last one. I know we've been going on um, for movies. Mm-hmm. I watched Die Hard for the first time. Yes. Yes, we the, there was a whole thing in in our uh, private chat with our friends about this. Uh, yeah. I don't get how this is supposed to be, like, the action movie of all time. Like, I do not get it. The action sequences (laughs) that are in this movie are not that impressive. Like, there's nothing where I was like, oh, man, that one scene. Like, all of it just kind of, like, I don't know. There was even the moment, like, that iconic moment where he's in the the vent thing and the lighter's on. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how is this so iconic? He's in a fucking space that he has a lighter on, and the only reason why they did that was so that they could foreshadow them fighting him. Like... Yeah, and then that oh my god that CB the CB radio like talk about the most loose ends of that fucking CB radio where it's mm-hmm. like okay cool they're saying this can't everybody hear oh wait now nobody can hear wait everybody can hear it now now nobody can hear it wait now only specific people are hearing it and another thing he called emergency being mm-hmm. like can anybody hear me? Can anybody be here? I need help. Can anybody hear me? And then the person picks up being like, this is such a secure line. Yeah. How? How? How is this not being picked up on the other? And all of a sudden it's not being picked up in the cop CB radio, but then it is being picked up in the cop CB radio. Yeah, there's. The CB radio is literally the like, oh, my God. There's, a, dumb. there's a lot of convenience in that plot for sure. Um, like the best part, the best part of the movie was the limousine driver. Like mm-hmm. you literally driving into the guy who was about to get away. That was yeah, the yeah. best part. Everything else was just It's definitely like as as an action film, like I agree with you. I think it's it's overrated as like, hey, best action film ever or whatever. It's like it's not really because it's there's not a lot of there's actually not a lot of action in it. Like there's there's a lot of Bruce Willis crawling through fucking air ducts and like hiding. And like playing cat and mouse games, but it's not a lot of like running around and shooting. Like there's there's moments of that, but it, there's not a lot of like chases and running around and shooting and stuff that you expect from an actual action film. It, it's it's more of a suspense thriller kind of thing in a way. And even the acting. First of all, this is the accent thing again. Just have him as British. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Who cares if everybody else around is German and he's the British leader? We've seen this tons of times in different movies where there's different people from different countries with different accents. Keep it. Who cares? I didn't need Rick- a falling off yeah. accent the whole fucking movie. Like, how high is this budget? Yeah, Rickman Rickman definitely loses his German at certain points. Like, it's, like, it's, def- it's definitely on and off. He is good. His mm-hmm. acting is good. So don't take it doesn't take away from his acting specifically. It's just really annoying constantly trying to be like, is he trying an accent? Is he British? Is he trying an American accent? Like what's going on? I don't understand. Other people might think it's like, oh well, you know, like I don't give a fuck. There's so many other people that could have easily taken the place that probably could have done a German accent. Or take him because he was good and just keep him with a British accent. It would have it been evil anyway. It would have made more sense if it, by the end you discovered that oh, not only were they they lying about being terrorists, they were just like thieves. 
that also he was lying about being a Euro terrorist. He was actually just this British guy. Mm-hmm. He was You're pretending. Right. He was pretending to be a lot more like studied and intelligent than he actually was. That actually, that's actually a cooler reveal. Yeah. Um, overall, though, okay. So the cop, random cop that picks up the the the, the radio message that Re- Re- Reginald Vell Johnson. Yeah. From Family so, Matters. Really, he was good. And then it got to the point where he's talking about how he lost his um, confidence. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why. I just felt like it was kind of one of those laughable moments. Like, I didn't take it seriously because it just felt really badly placed. It was just one of those moments to be like, oh, let's add more, like, empathy towards this guy. Let's just throw it in there. You like, so you, So you laughed out loud when he talked about shooting that kid? I didn't laugh out loud. I thought uh, how they brought up the moment was just it lost its impact. It felt it like it didn't. It, it felt like it, it didn't. Forced. It felt like it didn't match the tone of the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. It was that. very forced. And then um, overall, the rest of the acting, it, it was bad. Like the cop that was trying to play, the, or the deputy, he was coming in. He yeah. Played it too over the top so there was no real aggression it was just annoying like i didn't hate the guy i just got annoyed by him i thought how he said everything and everything was very predictable and mm-hmm. just meh and then um uh bruce willis just this is probably first time like movie like this for him but mm-hmm. over the years watching all of the movies it's the same person there's nothing special about it so I will take that one away, though, because this could have been the first, like, this is where we find him doing this. So mm-hmm. that takes away that impactfulness, because it would have been good had I not seen him do a thousand other movies in that same actor. Yeah. So I'll give benefit of doubt of that one. I um, did, yeah, I did, I did tell you that, like, he by the time he gets to about, like, part four of the series, he's just, like, an invincible, like, action hero again. He's not, like, the um, everyday uh sex uh uh misogynist cop that he is in this yeah um but i did tell you that uh i think part three is probably bang for buck the most enjoyable one because he's got samuel l jackson to riff off of the entire movie so i like nonsense action movies there's been some movies out there where i don't remember the storyline but i love the movie because the action Mm -hmm. was ridiculous and um there's other movies that I've seen with this whole like good guy saving the day type stuff. Um, well, I mean, this... I, I'm sorry to break in there, but like this is a movie that basically was so popular that pretty much the entire DNA going forward, especially in the 90s and the early 2000s, where like there were so many diehard ripoffs, it was like everyday guy fights terrorists in this or that you know like so there was like the jean-claude van damme one where he fights terrorists at a hockey rink uh cliffhanger is an is a diehard ripoff and in, in, to some degree um the, the very much like it's it spawned a whole like subgenre of action movie basically that's another thing i found too there was a very small amount of story that was uh-huh. put into this movie and there was a lot of like dramatic flair that was added on. 
And I just got annoyed by the end because it was like, oh, hold on. There was this foreshadow that they mentioned and this foreshadow that they mentioned. And they have to hit on every single fucking foreshadow they mentioned. Oh, yeah. So please, let's have a checklist of everything that was talked about in the intro have to be mentioned at the end. Like, oh, oh yeah. conveniently so. And I, I hate that in movies. I hate it when they overdo the foreshadowing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a little bit where it's a little hint here and a hint there. But this was just too much. This was just... I was predicting... I didn't see the movie. I guess also I've heard a lot of it. But I don't think I heard much of the plot, like the rest of the plot, just particular parts. Yeah. Um... Like uh, Rickman falling down the building, like that was oh, yeah. the only thing that I heard of from this movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself was really predictable. Like, yeah. Even with the FBI agents, I'm like, oh, they're probably gonna die because we have to have a hero cop on the street. Yeah, the FBI are assholes. They're either gonna die or be like severely embarrassed somehow. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. the deputy deputy's gonna get severely embarrassed, and the FBI agents are gonna go in now, like, oh, hey, check us out, and die. That was my prediction, and guess what? Oh, I was right. The, and, um, you know, the well, also the thing is, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, I think part of the reason why you predicted so much is this, again, is because this was kind of one of the first movies to do all that true. stuff. And, it, like, this it's been true. done so many times over and over again that, like, even if you've never watched Die Hard, you know Die Hard. This is true. Yeah. I will agree with that, so that's probably where a little bit of the bitterness comes in, because it's one type of movie that I just, I really don't care for with, like, the one hero cop that comes in. Like, the mm-hmm. one good guy with a gun. Like, I right. hate that trope. And also, I hate the whole, like, uh, the misogyny that they have to throw in. Somebody commented mm. saying, like, oh, well, you know, it was back in the, the 90s. Like, or 80s? 80s. Yeah. Um, totally normal. Okay, I was growing up and I was realizing what misogyny was at a really young age, being like, this is not funny. This is... Yeah, yeah. guess what? Even though it was a, a even though it was, like, a a uh, 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 sort of like you know oh it was it was just it was just common in those times doesn't mean it was good <laughs> misogyny no, was still was, bad by the way yeah and it, it was something that was really dumb too so at a very young age um i was very against the idea of like taking someone's last name because mm-hmm. they were answering the phone one time and they said is mrs robert hardy there and i was yeah. like no there is no mrs robert hardy i'm like uh like oh uh, i'm like there's a, a mrs vicky hardy because mm-hmm. i was it was just pissing me i i hate I, it made me cringe mm-hmm. to think like my mom's identity is gone she's now my dad right I just i was very young i think i was like six or seven at the time and it just really rubbed me the wrong way that they didn't say my mom's name like she so, was property or something yeah 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 i just i don't i don't even know what clicked in i just i hated that they didn't say my mom's name i hated that they said my dad's name and they said mrs when they were trying to talk to me about my mom like mm-hmm. I just, that was like the end for me and i still remember that clearly so for you to come and tell me this guy who's telling everybody that he's not with his wife anymore checking out every fucking woman and thinking like mm, maybe he'll bang one of these girls and finding out like technically they're still in love and he treats her like fucking shit oh yeah yeah and then, like oh you changed your last name you mean they split up mm-hmm. he was basically telling her that she was wrong by the way that movie did try to show like she was wrong about taking the better job Oh yeah, the movie is not on the woman's side at all. Yeah, so that, that's how we are introduced, is this woman's dumb because she took an opportunity of a lifetime. Had it been the man, she would have been dumb for staying home and keeping her job, but whatever. 
she gets it's, tired of her. I, I already told you, like, she's basically written out of the rest of the series, but, like, she's mentioned, and it's like, oh, yeah, she got tired of his ass. Yeah, it's just it's just how they introduce the character to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, I don't know why. I don't, I don't feel like you should be a hero. I honestly feel like a lot of the stuff that you did, great, you stopped... Um, the, the, the people, but I feel like it was done in such a way that caused more harm. Like I, I don't know why it, it, it just. Well, you pointed out. Like, you pointed out he had a chance to escape the building right away and report what was going down instead of like staying in the in the in in the building. Like, so yeah, like technically he could have done the smart thing and like immediately got to the building, called the cops, brought the full force of everyone down on them before they could secure the building and shit. But, but he didn't do that. Have a movie. Yeah, exactly. So, whatever. Let's just take away that point. Just mm-hmm. because, yes, we have to have a movie. So, yes, he had to do something about it. It just... How they did it, how they had it, how he was just miraculously the hero, and how hard it was for them to find this one cop. Like, these amazingly intelligent guys um, mm-hmm. couldn't find this one person. Um... Okay, cool. It's it's, it's because the well. arrogant it's the arrogant Euro trash terrorists, you know, underestimated the schlub American pig cop who can't handle anything. That's yeah, the thing. I, I just I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. Like I said, I didn't think the acting was very good um, for a lot of the people. Some of it I thought was great. Other people I thought was very, ugh, like mm-hmm. annoying, more than. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it's more annoying than like that. I hate this person. It's more like, holy fuck, just get off the camera. Like, you just sound like a twat. Um, <laughs> then the action, like I said, expecting action, because I'm being told this is the most amazing action movie you'll ever see. All the action I do see is just, especially for a time where there's tons of amazing action movies previous to this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not something new. Action movies are not something new. I get they were in this. Um, building, and I get like the idea, but like there was a couple gunshots. Um, what the most crazy thing that happened was that the glass was broken. He had to walk on broken glass. Right, that's the only part that I really remember. Uh, I think I think in defense of the movie, um, and I do like it more than you, but like I I per I I pretty much agree with like everything you're saying about it. At the same time, um. I think, you know, where they're trying, they're really trying to put an emphasis on the fact that Bruce Willis is like an everyman up against like the super terrorists or whatever. The action scenes aren't going to be your Arnold Schwarzenegger action scenes where he's just able to wipe guys out like like no problem. Like it's it's all about Bruce Willis's actual struggle and like make and Bruce Willis being so dumb that he's making more problems for himself than like a, a typical action hero would. So like I think it works on that level, but at the same time, it makes for an action movie that isn't the action movie you expect from the nineteen eighties with like all the the chase scenes and, and all the exciting shit. It's like it's very much more compressed and contained and claustrophobic. Even like I would have been fine I don't know. I just didn't care for the action at all. Yeah. Like, no it's it fair. Wasn't my cup of tea. And then also um how many fucking bombs and helicopters have to land in that building before it starts to fucking crumble? That's that, that's that Japanese steel, I guess, maybe. Like, I don't off, know. Like, he sends off a bomb at the bottom floor, 
Yeah. And it causes nothing. No. I think I made the joke about you being a about being a Nakatomi Plaza truther. Yeah. 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 But, uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's just it, that first start, and then like the helicopter that lands into the building, and nothing. Like I watched um, some real life shit happen with some planes landing in. I know mm. this was a couple of years later, so they might have realized shit. <laughs> probably should have collapsed. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just. I don't know. I don't know. I. It's I, okay. Somebody you said don't... like. I was reading yep. some of the comments, uh, and people were saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm watching it now versus back then, so it probably loses a lot of its uh, magic from back mm. in the day, which, fine, I'll accept, I'll take that, because, like you said, I've probably seen this story a million times, that's why it was more predictable, mm-hmm. but if you're going to tell me, like, I'm going to be spoon-fed constant feedback of, like, this is the best action movie, this is a fucking Christmas movie you love, this is this, and, like, constantly about like how fucking brilliant this movie is mm-hmm. and then give a mediocre kind of meh. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm gonna actually think less had people just let me go in, just blanket like this is let me have an opinion. I don't think I would have been as critiquey about it because I had expectations like way here and they landed a lot lower. Yeah. Had I had and, no expectations, I would have just went in blind. Mm-hmm. Like, you just told me, hey, this is a movie, and there's some action in it. Fine. But I was expecting a lot more action. And when people tell me about how brilliant the bad guys are, how brilliant the acting is, how brilliant this is, how brilliant Bruce Willis is. Like, I... Mm-hmm. It's just okay. Like, I yeah. don't plan on watching it again. I didn't think it was that entertaining. It's on the background, cool. Like I'll listen to it, but I won't actually go out of my way and turn it on. Yeah, for 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 the record, it's not my favorite either. Like I, I like it more than you, and like we have reviewed it officially on the podcast uh, a couple of years back or whatever. But um, it's got plenty of problems, and it and it's it's overrated. It is, and Way like overrated. and it's kind of like you're... the Exorcism, like for best horror movie. It just Exorcist, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far because the Exorcist sucks. But, yeah, but um, just that idea, like just something that's so highly rated and sought after. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, fucking amazing horror movie! And this is like fucking amazing action movie. And when you actually watch it, you're like, really? Like this is what the hubbub is about? That's yeah. So um, yeah, we we can end it there. So hey, this wasn't going to be a Christmas episode in in the sense that we're doing a Christmas movie, but we basically just re-reviewed Die Hard. So. Kind of did. Ah, okay. <laughs> Fine. Call it a Christmas movie. I don't give a fuck. Whatever movie floats your boat for a Christmas movie, whatever. I don't even care if it doesn't mention Christmas. If it's something that you are traditionally like, I watch this during Christmas, mm-hmm. um, it's my Christmas movie, go for it. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be here for the argument of what's Christmas movie, what's not. Because, like... Christmas itself is a whole tradition that oh it, it means it means yeah it means something different to everybody so who cares so fuck it your movie choice for Christmas if this is it absolutely it's Christmas movie I will never yeah. tell anybody otherwise and we're, we're we're sorry Greg that we shit on your favorite movie of all time or well whatever I am it is. absolutely not sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so we're gonna take a quick break and um. 
we're going to come back and talk about freebie and the bean. And uh, before we do that, I have to make a confession to you, Lee. I don't think I've ever told you this. I'm not a man. I'm a killing machine with no past and no future. <laughs> I destroy myself, but my programming would allow that. I'm glad I know now. Yep, I had to, you know, had to let it go, had to let that out. You ungodly warlock. Motion Picture Massacre. Fuck you. We talk about exploitation movies, grindhouse movies, fucking cult movies, horror movies, okay? We don't talk about fucking romantic comedies over here. We're not talking about fucking Sandra Bullock or some shit. We're talking about good movies, the kind that people like to watch. Yeah! You ungodly warlock. One more night, same old thing, a few like a teaser.
Okay, Freebie and the Bean, 1974. We do have a trailer. Gonna play that now. How in the world did you guys stay alive till now? How do you get up in the morning? Lady and a princess. You have sir? to come in here to have a Please, lady. She nearly knocked me down. Where, where, where? She went in there. Hey, you can't go in there. I've spent half my life in silence. What was going through your mind? Indecent exposure? Red Myers? Are you insane? I'm gonna get pushed off! Ah, I'm getting crazy! I'm getting crazy up here! Intelligence squad? What were you doing at the Red Coach Motor Lodge last night, lady? I was at the school meeting. It's oh, yeah? Yeah? Night. Your car was at the Red Coach Motor Lodge! So what? You apologize about my gun. You apologize to this! You apologize about my gun! I apologize about your lip. You're not fit to guard the fish at the aquarium. If we, if we had, with, if, if you had, with our help, an anti-case anti against case, Red Myers, a, a, an indictment in the grand jury, and would that, would that, would that, um, would that change your, would it help anything, sir? Would that, for you? would that change things? Would it, sir, would it change an airtight case, sir? Airtight. For indecent exposure. Here, wow. something for you. Play oh, with now this is nice. Across. This is nice. Which we've been digging in garbage for 14 months, sir, and this is what we came up with. And uh, is that enough? Uh, what, uh, it's not what, enough. What would be enough, sir? I need a witness. No, we have, we a have, we we have, have one, sir. Oh, why do you... There's a problem, a small problem. We've got a little problem in that regard, sir. It's a small, a small problem, problem, sir, but... Uh, and, and that is that, uh, Red Myers may not be alive on Monday, sir. There's a contract out on him, sir, from Detroit Professionals, Kills. so we got a... Think we have a major problem. They want to kill him. It's a huge problem. I mean, how do you deal with the monsters? We don't have one major problem you, you know why we don't have a problem i'm going to tell you why we don't have a problem there's no problem here red myers will be alive by monday you know why red myers will be alive by monday because you boys are going to keep him alive until monday That was the three-minute trailer. <laughs> um, this is directed by Richard Rush. Uh, he did a bunch of basically like biker movies before this. He did Hell's Angels on Wheels, Thunder Alley, A Man Called Dagger, Psycho, The Savage Seven. Uh, went on to do The Stuntman after this, which is probably his most critically acclaimed film, and Color of Night. Um, you have writers here, Robert Kaufman, who uh, wrote on a bunch of the AIP uh, Beach Party adjacent films. So not the official Beach Party films, but Ski Party and Dr. Goldfoot in the Girl Bombs. Also wor uh, wrote on Happy Hooker Goes to Washington and Tootsie, of all things. And also Floyd Mutrux, 
who wrote on uh, Tulane Blacktop, The Hollywood Nights, and Mulholland Falls much later on. This is starring Alan Arkin as Bean. And a uh, famous actor, just recently passed away a little little while ago, um, was in things like Wait Until Dark, Inspector Clouseau, Catch-22, The 7% Solution, which we've covered on this podcast, uh, Full Moon High, The Return of Captain Invincible, Edward Scissorhands, Jerky Boys, uh, The Slums of Beverly Hills, and uh, Little Miss Sunshine uh, in recent years. Well, not too recent now. It's been a w- little while, but... Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Recent years, I yeah. Really no, when that came out, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I keep forgetting those. Like, oh, that came out in like what two thousands or something. It's like, oh, that's twenty years ago now. Shit. <laughs> um, and we got James Con who just passed away this past year or so um, as Freebie, and of course he was in things like The Godfather, The Gambler, Rollerball, The Killer Elite. We covered him in Thief and Alien Nation on this podcast. Went on to be in other great stuff like Misery, uh, Flesh and Bone, which is one I just recently watched. Um, we got Loretta Swit as Meyer's wife, and she was in things like Race with the Devil, Whoops Apocalypse, and the <laughs> terrible Chuck Norris like family <laughs> film Forest Warrior, where <laughs> Chuck Norris plays like a a guy who's killed and becomes like a forest spirit, and it's fucking bizarre. Um, you got Jack Kirshen as Red Myers, 225 credits for this gentleman. Uh, he was in stuff like the, uh, I think, 58 War of the Worlds, uh, The Angry Red Planet, uh, a movie we've covered, The Apartment. Uh, he was in things like Cape Fear, McClintock, and Satan's Cheerleaders. Um, we got Mike Kellen as Lieutenant Rosen, 111 credits. Uh, we covered him in two other things, uh, Just Before Dawn and Sleepaway Camp, uh, back in the day. Um, we got Paul Kelso as Whitey. He's in all kinds of exploitation stuff around this time and just sort of fun stuff. Uh, Cleopatra Jones, which we've covered, uh, The Laughing Policeman, Mr. Majestic, Vanishing Point, The Losers, The Omega Man, uh, Robot Jocks, to name a few. Uh, we've got Linda Marsh as Freebie's Girl. I uh, didn't see any other credits for her. Uh, John Garwood as Chauffeur, and he was in stuff like Hell's Angels on Wheels, The Savage Seven. So he was basically... He was working with um, the director here, Richard Rush, on some of his earlier stuff. Um, He was also in Cleopatra Jones, Planet of the Apes, um, Ten to Midnight, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Alex Rocco, the great Alex Rocco here as the DA, uh, was in stuff like Motor Psycho, Blood Mania, Bonnie's Kids, The Godfather, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, which we've covered, uh, Detroit 9000, Three the Hard Way, which we've covered. Um, the stuntman, and uh, even popped up in Get Shorty, and um, he had a really good career. And we got Valerie, Valerie Harper here as uh, Bean's wife. Uh, the only thing I saw in her uh, credits that really stood out to me was Blame It on Rio, which is a creepy Michael Caine fucks a bunch of really young women and on a... On a, <laughs> on, a, on a vacation in Rio. Um... We got uh, Christopher Morley as transvestite, 
quote-unquote. And interesting here, Christopher Morley was an actor and female impersonator who specialized in cross-dressing roles in the 1970s and 80s. So um, This was, like, the proper terminology back in the day. Yes. So as much as it seems like, no, no, it is what was used then. They they would just that's the they, they would just call yeah they would just call uh, they would just call him a, a drag queen at this point right I'm pretty sure it depends I don't I don't I don't think do. yeah I don't think they identified as as female I th- I think they still identified as a man yeah that's what I mean like it depends kind of what today how they mm-hmm. would identify because there's a lot of people too who just go non-binary because they're the ones okay. that kind of go both. Yeah. Uh, they explore both their masculinity and femininity. So I'm not saying that's what they do. I'm just saying that now it really just depends on how they would want to be identified as. Although it is interesting the character does have a line in that fight in the bathroom where it's like, I'm no lady, you know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, so, so uh, they specialized in this sort of cross-dressing role in the 70s and 80s. And so the appeared in All About Alice, uh, Bachelor Party, and uh, even Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which I've never seen that movie. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I know Christina Applegate was in it, and I think it's kind of a cult favorite. I think it's kind of a cult... she is in it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a cult favorite and shit, but I've never seen it, so... Um, We have a synopsis here from someone called Dragon Antulove. Maybe a Russian person, I don't know. Um, They say, Freebie and Bean, two San Francisco police detectives have one goal in life, to bring down Red Myers, a local hijacking boss. Well, I get hijacking boss? I don't know what that means. I I think he's, he's kind of just like a shady businessman who has like criminal connections and shit. Because uh, he's not like a full-on mobster, right? Like, he's kind of... He feels like he's just kind of like a, a guy who made a lot of money, like, have, dipping his fingers in certain things. Uh, after many fruitless months, they finally collect an important piece of evidence. However, before they can get an arrest warrant, they hear the news of the hitman being hired to kill Myers. Which is, yeah, that's... That's the very tiny amount of plot that is actually in this movie. Like... It's just like, oh, we got to protect this guy so we can get him prosecuted or whatever. So we're going to follow him around for the entire week or whatever kind of thing. Um, But yeah, uh, I'll just throw it over to you first there, Lee. Uh, I assume this is a first watch for you. And uh, what's your general thoughts on it? This is a first watch for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, first, I would like to say that this is entirely my opinion. Um, I feel like the comments get a little sensitive over what I feel about movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is entirely my opinion of like experiencing me watching movies. So yeah. it's more because I like tore apart Die Hard. Remember, this is me. Yeah. Die Hard was designed for young boys wanting to be superheroes, but that was like normal guy being a superhero like dream-esque thing. So I understand mm-hmm. why a lot of people enjoyed it. I don't fit that. <clears throat> yes. So, please understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with that said, though, uh, I don't have um, as bad things to say about this movie as I did Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the action in this movie was 
ridiculous. Yeah. That one scene with the dirt bike over the cars. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Holy fuck. That was impressive. And there was other car scenes, car chases. Wow. Like this scene, when it came to action, they had it on point. Mm -hmm. uh, the acting, the two leads, they're bickering together. They're like bouncing off each other. Mm -hmm. Fucking brilliant. Like it was hilarious. Like they just worked so well together. I was thinking about this the whole time. Like they were, uh, I feel like a lot of it was improvised because that can't be It was. Lines. And they just did such a good job. Like it literally sounded like two people who were just so like they fed up being with each other, but respected each other. Like it was um, as if it, they were being recorded for cops, but it was like less scripted. They're like, they're <laughs> they're they're an old married couple, like to a T. Like they, they they love each other, they hate each other, they know each other's fucking pressure points to pick at when they gotta get a jab in. Yeah. And it and it's just it's fucking seamless, like the dialogue and the improvision that they do, like yeah. The, okay, so this one I have to say too. This is kinda like uh back in the day sense of humor, so there is a lot of racist comments. Yes. The thing is it was a lot of jabs towards each other. Mm-hmm. So the intention was not to be malicious towards a minority. It was the intention of being as like a much of a dick towards their partner. Yeah. And realistically like i would totally hear people now do that someone close to them i'm not saying do it for a movie please don't that is very like highly inappropriate now mm -hmm. but i can allow the forgiveness for this movie like i can actually watch this without being like oh this is super racist and it's gonna bother me because it really wasn't towards anybody it was towards each other Mm -hmm. each other there was obviously some other stuff that was um yeah the home the homophobia is a yeah. different story but yeah yeah but that part with the racism when i heard it because I, I was reading someone or someone said it like it's not very politically correct and when i was actually watching it i'm like this doesn't it doesn't make me feel like it doesn't make me cringe though like yeah i wouldn't do this now yeah you wouldn't have this in movies now but realistically that they were back and forthing and it was just that to just get under each other's skin Instead of I'm, like, uh, I mean, the the movie even name checks Archie Bunker, and I mean it's very much on that level, right? Where it's like you have a character like Archie Bunker, and he's presented as a bigoted piece of crap, and that's what the humor's based around because he he gets his comeuppance all the time for being a bigoted piece of crap. They don't necessarily give the comeuppance to James Caan in this for being a bigoted piece of crap, but they still. They show you that he's not a great guy. Like, I, I would not say this movie paints either guy as, like, being a really great guy, necessarily. And, like, the movie's very upfront and honest about that, right? Yeah. It was kind of enjoyable to see their struggles. But, because it was just so well done. Mm -hmm. Like, I get nowadays this would be a no-go. Uh, right. Just because of how, like, if you were to redo this movie, like, make a remake, you would have to remove, like, the racist bickering towards each other. But I don't think you could, because their dynamic was on a whole different level. Like, that mm -hmm. was just something entirely different. Like, I think anybody who tried to do this, like, recreate this, it would just feel forced. There was just right. something so natural between the two of them uh, that I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, you, so you said you said their bickering was at the whole novel level. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Morley's performance at the end, I 
freaking loved. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Like, in the car. I didn't even clue it either. Like, in the car. He is and... so he is so convincing. Like I, I don't I don't know if they did like in the in the car scene I don't know if they did an, a female overdub on his voice there like it feels like maybe they, they did, they but, but but the acting he, and gesturing and everything he is so convincing even when he took his wig off it was like no that's a chick yes when he took off his wig I was like okay what was that supposed to do what what am I supposed to be surprised about and then the dress ripped I was like oh my god really like that even, is, even, that is even yeah, then, I even then I could have bought flat-chested chick. Yeah, but yeah, 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 because it took me a second too. Because like when I first saw the dress rip off, I'm like, oh boobs, and then I'm like, wait, no, no, mm. this is not, this is a dude. Yeah. Uh, I thought just just so good. Uh, just the mannerisms, the body language, everything was just great. Perfect. And it was incorporated so well too, because it was do- wasn't done in a way of like, um like fuck these type of people it was done as a oh shit <laughs> that was good i mean I thought that one part was very tastefully done i thought that was well done they give christopher morley a lot more than they would give like these characters necessarily in other movies um There's current because... current drag queens who do mm-hmm. like the the keep the natural body whatever mm-hmm. um who still look more masculine body-wise, body gesture-wise, and everything. And these are, like, drag queens who are female exchangers who did not do as well as he did in that movie. Oh, yeah, no. He he is top. Fucking amazing. Top of his game. Um, Like, I... It it makes... It just makes me wonder, because there was kind of a... There was kind of a rash of this in the 70s of, like, either drag slash trans assassins in movies. I appreciate that they took somebody who actually does this. So, mm-hmm. um, in this case, I believe would have been considered, like, drag performer. Uh, and made it successful. Because mm-hmm. this was somebody who knew what they were doing. This is somebody who, um, I don't want to, like, assume anything for, like, how they identified because unfortunately back in the day it was very difficult to be anything other than like cis white male they would just they would just call them like they'd, they'd either call them transvestite or they'd call them female impersonator would be kind of where they'd go right yeah they would say there was drag the term was there but it was more like if you did it in a club versus if you did it on a regular basis right uh so i don't want to assume um i, I mean thought their performance was one of those ones where I loved it. I loved it. Um, not I mean, we get the reveal, but like the evilness behind the person. Like they transform from the sweet innocent in the car to mm-hmm. like I'm gonna fucking kill you in the bathroom. Oh yeah, very uh, like. So, I am a little confused. Like I, I don't know if I picked up a hundred percent on this. Like either that's also one of the hitmen that was hired to get uh, the. Uh, the uh, Red uh, Myers character, or was the lover of one of the assassins, because yeah. because they questioned him earlier, right in the bathtub, mm-hmm. and like I and I didn't pick up that that was the same person until the reveal, right? Yeah. So I was I was just amazed by the the whole fucking thing. Like the whole performance was great. It was. Um, yeah, no, it, it, like a, a cold, calculating, uh, 
uh, person that was like trying to get the money, like was willing, like, hey, I won't kill you if you if you if you take me to that safe full of money that I know about, and you know, uh, and also totally capable of defending themselves too, because. Uh, oh, up into, in the up, bathroom, how they mm-hmm. thought. They loved it. They loved I, it. I, I love that they 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 did like one karate kick or whatever to James Khan, sent him through a fucking stall door into a toilet, and it's like, yeah, that would fuck a dude up. That would stop him for a good few moments. So then the char- so then uh, Ale- uh, Christopher Morley's character turns around and like checks checks their makeup takes their wig off or whatever and fucking you know like it makes themselves makes themselves a little bit more comfortable or whatever right just like take take the costume off a little bit themselves. like they're yeah. taking off the eyelashes slowly taking off their makeup which by the way it wasn't much like also just so puts, well also puts their leg up on the sink and stretches their leg after doing the kick and again you go wait is this is this a dude or is this a chick because you look at the leg and you go that's a good leg. <laughs> this is this is why you need to be like me, just into it all. Then you never make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I I also loved how. Uh, I, what's the word for it? Um, like selfish. Like they didn't give a fuck. It was just them because they took a child and put the gun to their head, which mm-hmm. was. You go in and it's it's a shocking moment because you see yeah. this, this is not done in movies very often, and it's that moment where you're like, holy fuck, this is like brutal. Like this is someone who does not care. They're gonna get leave with that fucking money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just thought that was kind of the moment that really showed how like cold and calculated this person was. Now, now I, I mentioned like the parts that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue with this movie, I had a really hard time keeping up with the story. Same. I thought it was going all over the place. I was like, okay, they're protecting this guy, but they're arresting this guy. But now they're going after this person because this happened. But this is going on. And now they're going after this person. And now this person. And the wife was the one who put the garbage in because the person at the station told them yeah, to. Yeah, their, their, their chief or whatever was secretly having an affair with her and was like, I'll make you a deal. We'll set up your, your husband and he'll go get out in three or three to five years. And then during that time, we'll get together and get married or whatever. Right. Like that was the whole, that was their whole plan. Um, the other thing is that, uh, our two cops freebie and the bean, they had to hunt down a good witness to, to, to back up their evidence for the, for the trial. So that's kind of what they were doing at the same time, trying to protect their uh, the guy they're trying to put in jail from the from the assassins. So like the plot is very convoluted, and at the same time, there's all these asides where they're just hanging out and doing their usual cop shit and like running into assholes and having to beat them up like that fucking Texas guy that they get in a fight with out of nowhere, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Randomly pick up. And then there's a lot of then there's a lot of being obsessing over the fact that he thinks his wife's cheating on him and then like yeah. this his this neurosis he has over it where and uh, these outbursts of anger that he's having because of this neurosis and and you know and freebie trying to like you know keep him uh you know on a leash basically it's like you need to calm down you need to focus on this shit 
and so like there's that conflict there between those two where they're like like James Conn is he he wants to keep on the fucking point he wants to keep on the fucking mission and Bean is constantly spiraling off into fits of anger and and neurosis and depression and shit because he thinks his wife is cheating on him and and so like that's the whole like inner conflict like it's much more about these two characters and yeah. their interactions like the story is a MacGuffin really like it, it doesn't really matter until it matters at the end when all of a sudden all the drama happens right like like uh you mentioned how you felt this was mostly improvised and it in originally it was a script and it was a serious script so this was basically originally just two dirty cops doing all their dirty cop shit and and keeping that sort of basic skeleton of the of the story but then, you know, James Kahn and Alan Arkin started, like, improvising, and as they improvised, kind of convinced the director, we needed to make this more funny. We, we Like, the stuff they were doing was so good that they made it more funny, they made it more improvised, and it became more about the two characters just riffing off each other than it was anything to do with the actual story. And then they just peppered it in a bunch of fucking great stunt shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... That was kind of my only issue with the movie, is that I lost a little... I, I definitely lost focus a few times, mm-hmm. just because the story itself didn't read well. Yeah. So it was a little over the place. It wasn't as cohesive as I wished it was. But again, I don't think I'd ever want to see this movie being remade, because that chemistry and that moment was just well too well brilliantly done. Like, it would just... Anybody who tried to recreate that would just force that. And that's well, the thing. It was a one-time... This is what's happening. This is how it happened. That's it. Like you're not going to be able to recreate that. It's funny you mention that because this became a TV series that like failed after like one season or something because like that improvision between the two main characters is what is kind of the lifeblood of this. And it's like you you can't get that improv on a TV series, and also you can't get that uh, non PC humor that they're going for on this either. Like, you can't do the... You can't... Even in 1970s television, you're not going to do, like, the really racist and homophobic shit that's in this film. And you're not going to... Especially not in joking form. You're not going to do that either. You're not going to get away with it. So, like, your show would lose all of its edge, and it would just be a bland copy of this. It was a a, a -a one-of-a-kind type of movie. Mm Mm-hmm. That did what it was supposed to. <laughs> as much as I wish, like the story was a little bit more cohesive, mm-hmm. uh, I think the the action and the chemistry are two things that just take it on a whole other level. <laughs> as we like to say. Um, really, like that's a whole novel level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. I wrote that on my exam and I was laughing at myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, anyway. it's just like, it's just like, it's just like you in, infected my life with you're a this or you're a that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got that in high school and for whatever reason it just started coming back to me because, yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter. Movie. Back to the mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah. This, <laughs> this movie is kind of like its own once in a lifetime gem like it's it's the how it was how they these two interacted how the action was how everything was i don't think 
you're ever going to see this again. Uh, um, it just, it was just, I don't know, it was just too natural. It just felt too natural. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, our, just going back to our conversation on Die Hard, where I pointed out, like, yeah, Die Hard's kind of the DNA for, like, how action movies after it were. This is kind of the DNA for every, like, cop buddy picture going forward. And, you know, for better or for worse, because there's plenty of films uh, that owe so much to Freebie and the Bean. Like, I would say uh, 48 Hours with uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte and the sequel Another 48 Hours. Like, they directly steal from this and they engage on the racism angle between the two characters to a to a degree that's much more um satisfying where you know they come to an understanding of like with with the racism angle like they actually talk about it a bit whereas you could also argue that a film like say bad boys with uh, will smith and uh what's his fucking name i can't think of it martin lawrence no martin lawrence yeah martin yeah, it's Martin Lawrence. Bad Boys is basically a straight remake, pretty much, of Freebie the Bean, where it's got all the same problematic shit in it. <laughs> and they don't learn any lessons. And they're just shitty people. But, you know, where is in another 48 hours, there's, like, actual character growth and, and the... You know, it's like they get over some of these these things. Like, there's there's plenty, and you know, you also just like trace it to every other fucking buddy cop film to come out since then. Like, they all they'll have like shades of this film in them now. So, Gary made a good comment saying that this just wouldn't be able to be remade because no. of many reasons. You can't do it like, straight like this because there's no redemption, right? And there's actually then there's no punishment for either of these guys either. But it's not only that, but like just some of the scenes for. The stunts. You oh, do that again. No, no, you you like, can't to because recreate, to recreate this movie. There's so many things you would not be able to do nowadays. No, with reason. Like it's all valid reason. Like like just appreciate this gem that was when these things were like this. But there's a reality why we can't do a lot of things that we did. We did all because... all these all these stunt stuff would be CGI CGI now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the then, you know. Like, if it, if you could do this, like there are scenes like stunts, there's a lot more safety precautions being put in place. Right. So even if you did, you're not going to see this level of intensity on this kind of movie. Like mm-hmm. you might see it on a James Bond movie, but again, yeah. there's a lot more uh, safety there's... procedures being put yeah. in place. So it doesn't look as authentic. It doesn't look as intense. Like, can you imagine, like, them going through that third-floor apartment with their car as a CGI moment and, like, a remake of this? Like, how bad that would be? Oh, my God, that was so hilarious. Like, my cops. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're both obviously fucked up from the fucking crash, and they're just kind of walking around like zombies as, like, can I use your phone? And then, you know, the old couple in the bed who are, like, totally unshaken by the whole thing. They're just kind of, like, eating breakfast in bed or whatever the fuck, and... Yeah, phone's over there. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to send an ambulance to this place. And then he looks around. Third floor. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. This is, yeah, this is just one of those movies, like, this, (laughs) it's hilarious how, like, I had such an issue with, uh, with Die Hard, with the, the, the misogyny in it. But this is a movie that I was like, oh, yeah, this was awesome. Um, I, it's just, it's just how it's done. Yeah. 
it's how they portray themselves. Because like I said, it's more mocking each other, more mocking whatever's around. It, it feels less like targeted, like intentionally targeted. And I don't feel, I, also, I, I don't feel like this movie presents them as heroes. Like, it honestly no, really it. doesn't. Well, especially the, at the end. Yeah. At the end, when they all fail, like, everything they did failed. Yeah, like, and, and then and then they fight each other, like, fucking Bean comes out of his gunshot wound. <coughs> Excuse me. And, yeah, and fucking, like, and then Freebie's like, you motherfucker, you made me risk my life because I thought you were dead. And then they fight the and they crash the ambulance and they fight out the ambulance and that's the end of the film. It's like which I think is hilarious because realistically, like the ambulance driver wouldn't be disturbed by this whatsoever. If there's a fight going in the back of the car, but the how they had it outside of the vehicle and it just it seemed like they almost got tossed out where they're like fuck this shit. I don't care it's, that he just got I, shot. It, it is one. I think it's one of the laws of the universe in this movie that whenever those two enter a vehicle, that vehicle's eventually going to crash. Like it I does not matter especially if it's a ford yeah because <laughs> if it's a porsche the porsche could do it of course <laughs> I mean, yeah i i definitely have to say like it was a goofy ridiculous movie uh mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i, I it, it's hard it would be hard for me to watch again because the storyline was a little bit like all over the place yeah but if you put it on i definitely wouldn't say no <laughs> Yeah, it's it, for me. For me, same. It's kind of a one and done, but I liked it. Yeah, but the, those stunts are are worth rewatching. If it's ever on in the background, I would absolutely rewatch it for those stunts because same. It's a highlight reel. Oh my god! Like that oh, that dirt bike. That dirt bike scene was probably so good thing to watch. I've never seen anything like that in a movie before. No. Like that's and I loved I loved that the 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 things conveniently fell down so that he could like drive through. Oh, oh the dominoes. The dominoes, yes. Yes. Yes, the dominoes. Those are great. Like, you watch the dominoes, he's driving around the dominoes, and it perfectly falls, so you can take his dirt bike right through. Also, another great scene was with the, I think it was the transport, where uh, there was enough of a ramp to get up and go through. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when I saw those dominoes, where he gets into that park area, it's like, those dominoes, like, he's got to hit those, right? And they gotta all go down, right? That and it is, doesn't. That is how foreshadowing <laughs> is done, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it should be done. You don't wait 40 minutes later to do it? You... Yeah, you don't wait to the end of the movie? Cool, we're gonna introduce this thing. Oh, wait, make sure, don't forget to put it in. Please, don't forget to put it in the script. Um, yeah. Anyway, this, yeah, it was just, it was great. It was great, it was great, it was ridiculous. Uh, one of those ones that I'm happy that I watched. But like we said, probably won't watch it again, but <laughs> I yeah, definitely yeah. enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Uh, so budget for this was three million. Uh, it made twelve point five million in the United States and Canada. Probably did even better worldwide. So it was a big success at its time. And um, yeah, uh, again, you know, DNA for most of the modern buddy cop movies that you see these days. If you, if if you watch a buddy cop movie, you're watching some aspect of Freebie and the Bean, no matter what. Uh, release info. You can find it everywhere, Blu-ray, DVD, iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, Amazon Prime, Voodoo, Movies Anywhere, or YouTube, if you want to rent it there as well. And, uh, yeah. Um, Lady Lee, have you picked a film for next time? I have. Okay. Um, I think I, I was a little obvious with uh, who I was going to pick. Oh, okay. I was, like, bragging about them the whole time. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I picked Christopher Morley. Yes. And I would like to do All About Alice. Oh, okay. 
Is it all about Alice? Did I say it wrong? I probably I did. Um, all Alice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I... I was, I was confusing it. I was confusing my mind with something else. I, I'm just, I'm curious about it, because I've been reading up on it, and it mm-hmm. says that uh, they used a lot of drag queens back in the day. Okay. So, I'm, th- well, sorry, female personators. Yes. Back in the day. And, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see. Because I love watching, like, old, cool drag, for one. Because mm-hmm. it is really bad compared to, like, now drag. But I very much appreciate where drag came from, so I love watching that stuff. Cool, cool. Uh, so that will probably be the episode after our best and worst of, because that'll probably be our next episode, right? That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta make a list of movies now. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a feeling that your letterbox account's gonna help you a lot more with that this year. Just put it is. That That's why there. I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like it's very obvious what movie's gonna go on the bottom. um but yeah you know so you know it's it's christmas time i you know should should caution the people out there um you know don't get too wrapped up about it you know it's christmas day you're listening to this possibly all this trouble over a fat little man in a red suit but you know if, if you do see that fat little man in a red suit you see santa claus tonight you better run for it you better run for your life. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, last episode of this year. So uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate the continued uh, support from all of you, our listeners. It's uh, it's really great. Um, and we, uh, you know, wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. At least I do. I don't know if Lady Lee does. She's just kind of like noncommittal over here, like, uh, maybe. No. I was about to say, just happy holidays in general. Yes. I know I celebrate Christmas, but to everybody else, whoever you, whatever you celebrate, happy happy time. <sighs> Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Whether it be with your loved ones, whether it be getting that time and a half from work. Yeah. Those days. And, you know, I'm... Make sure. Wait a minute, you dumb whores! You forgot your money. Yeah, get your money. Get your money. You know. Do it. Yeah, all, all of our dumb whores who listen to us, get your money. <laughs> <laughs> Except for some of you. I mean, if you're not, you know, if you're not of age, don't be listening to this podcast. You better be don't fourteen, baby. <laughs> no, no, that's no, just for listeners. You have to be fourteen than, to listen to. This. No, older than fourteen. Older. Than really. 14. Yes, I I would prefer if they were twenty and over, honestly. Um, just Why? me, preference wise. I know I can't make that happen, but. Uh, wow, I, I got one final question though. Where you know Santa Claus is coming? Were you a good girl or were you a bad girl, Lady Lee? I was so focused on my studies, I had no time to think about even anything naughty. So. Oh, it's good you you dodged the bullet here because. Do you know that bad girls go to hell? Yeah. I have piercings, tattoos, and I'm short, and those are all the reasons that I'm supposed to go to hell, so. Go to hell. Yeah. Fun-sized people go to hell. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to get out of here now. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Lady Lee. And uh, we'll, yeah, and we'll see you in the new year. Uh, there's still a uh, Blood on the Tracks. This is going to drop later this week before the year is over. So uh, you check that out. But uh, until then, uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here. So goodbye. Bye. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. So, I know this 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 podcast specifically was preview of the bean. But I think mm-hmm. we need to change the title to Lee shits on. Oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna make a mention. <laughs> definitely gonna be mentioned. <laughs> I didn't even realize how long I went on. It's all right. Uh, okay. People will love it. <laughs>